Hi, everyone, and thank you so much for joining me again on Self-Care Your Way to Success podcast hosted by Maya Pilgrim. So today's topic is something that I feel we can all benefit from and something that I feel it is a shame too many people learn too late in life, and that is about boundary setting. I learned that this week with a client that I have on a listing of mine, as well as with my parents and a plethora of other people in my life that Boundaries are not selfish and they're really important to your mental health. And as a part of my healing journey from various things, an ex, a relationship, all of that, etc. I really keyed into kind of focusing on having boundaries that were not made to be broken. But since I've been encountering these new transitions in my life, I've kind of started neglecting those. And I think it's important to do an episode on this because I know that a lot of people in my close circle that are trying to be successful that are working hard on a consistent basis have trouble keeping and maintaining these boundaries so how do you boundary set now this is the way i used to boundary set which i'm slowly trying to get back to i'm a human being i'm not perfect and i want to be transparent with you guys throughout this journey so basically what happens is i used to primarily focus on meditation and journaling and also fitness I did not compromise on those things I would not be interrupted during those things I made it a point to do those things every day consistently no matter what nothing would interrupt me but since I've gotten into a relationship and I've started this new path in real estate I've kind of started to neglect those things that got me to this place of happiness in the first place and that's kind of extremely problematic because you know You don't want to have to do it when you need to do it. You want to do it consistently so you never have to, if that makes sense. You don't want to have to do it out of necessity. You want to be doing it out of habit. I was reading consistently. I haven't read a book in probably two weeks, which is so out of character for me. And I felt like I was really getting away from myself. Now, I'm not saying that you have to follow the methods in which I outline here for you to really be boundary setting. But I do think it's important to kind of find your own ways to set boundaries if stop being the yes woman or the yes man in your life right it means valuing yourself so that others value you and that's that's difficult in life right i find that there are plenty of people of all ages that struggle with the idea of valuing themselves past a certain age because when we're young for the most part i find that we have to embody that spirit as adults because we don't take as much crap like we're just like no i don't want to do that you know what i mean Unless you grew up in a really strict household and you really had no autonomy and could never say no. But for the most part, as we get older, we begin to kind of acquiesce and never say no. And I feel like this lends itself to a deeper conversation about how I find that, you know, I might be controversial here saying this, but it is my podcast. Women are often required to say yes far more times and far more often than men. And that's the society that we live in. It's a patriarchal society. And if someone wants to disagree with me, I would love to have them on and discuss this because, you know, I can only talk about the men in my life. They can say no whenever they want to. But a woman not being a superhero is some kind of incarnate crime in today's society. And, you know, I don't really understand where this came from, but I do. Because if you look at history, you know, we were doing homework Um, in the home we were doing domestic work 
And if we wanted to, you know, branch out and have a job, we couldn't do that also without seeing like we were neglecting our kids. It's just we constantly have to battle these two worlds. But for a man, he makes good money. He goes out and provides. He comes home. His wife cooks. It's simple. He's not expected to take on that domestic role. And if he takes on too much of the domestic role, he's branded as, you know, a wuss or weak by many people today still in society standards. So what does that have to do? What does that have to do with boundary setting? Right. I think it honestly boils down to the fact that we are finally coming around to as women setting boundaries that aren't selfish. It's okay to want a soft life. For example, before I dated my current boyfriend, I would pay for literally everything in the relationship. I would take on traditionally masculine roles. And if you want to do that, that's completely fine. But I've learned that being with a man who can be a provider and is very confident in who he is allows me to dip into my femininity in a way that I never thought I could. You know, it's so nice being in a stress-free relationship. And I think that a lot of women could benefit from being stress-free if they find a partner that they are willing to follow and that is capable of leadership. Don't settle, sis, until you find someone that you actually want to allow to lead you. But they're out here and it's such a peaceful existence. I've never been in a relationship where the relationship is not my main point of stress and it is a very peaceful existence. Back to boundary setting. So before I went back into the dating world some time ago, I made a decision to because I was so healed by that point from all of my best practices that I just outlined here, I made a point to outline the type of man that I wanted. And I wasn't going to be a nickel looking for a dime. I was going to work on myself, work on my mentality, work on who I was as a person if I wanted to demand the same from a potential partner. And I don't know why, but for some reason, we forget that healing is an ongoing journey And once we get to a happy place in life, we start to neglect our boundaries and then wonder why we are getting sad and depressed again. It doesn't make sense, guys. Make it make sense. This is constant maintenance. It means meditating and journaling when you don't feel like it. It means going for a walk and doing the deep inner work when you don't feel like it. On those days where you're like, oh, I had such a great day. I don't have to do that today. Yes, you do. Because you want more great days like the one you just had. You want those to continue in abundance and you want them to flourish for the rest of your life. And in order to possibly, in order to plausibly do that, you have to establish a routine that is going to be consistent. That's the hard part, right? You know, it's not about motivation. It's about discipline, right? And I don't know about you guys, but I have the awful habit of getting really disciplined in one area of my life, neglecting the others. So I was really disciplined with real estate these last few weeks, and I was really disciplined with my workouts. But I wasn't meditating. I wasn't journaling. And I was like angry at everyone. And I'm like, what's going on? Like these people that I care about aren't doing anything to me. They aren't causing this pain because you're responsible for your own feelings, But somehow I'm finding myself in irritating mood. Where is this coming from? I did some deep diving. I did some journaling and I realized I was neglecting the very things that made me get to this place of peace and happiness. I wasn't as positive as I had been. Even people I care about started to notice the shift. And I was like, okay, this is important. I need to take time and maintenance to do this. So how does it start? I'm climbing my way back to my maximum place of healing by doing this podcast episode and taking you guys along for the journey as I try to find myself where I was once in terms of my happiness level 
and my consistent healing practices. But there are so many ways. I've listed a few here that you guys can take on your own. You can do a walk. You can do some yoga. YouTube is a vast resource. I firmly believe that you do not have to spend thousands of dollars in order to kind of have your own wellness journey. Just being out in nature has been proven to be healing on many occasions. Just, you know, putting your feet in the grass and connecting with the earth because biologically we are of the earth, right? So when we're constantly you know disrupting our connection with the ground with shoes we can be disconnected within our own psyche our own souls cooking cooking is a love language right we don't spend enough time thinking about what we're putting into our bodies right we work out for a good body we do our skincare and all that good stuff but you really get in what you put out when it comes to food, right? And I think it is a love language to ourselves to be more conscious of what we're eating and what we're digesting. And these are boundaries, right? So don't feel bad when you go out with your friends and you don't want to eat what they're eating because you love yourself enough to know that what they're eating, if you were to eat the same, wouldn't be a good result for you. And the real friends will understand that and respect that. And you won't have much of an issue trying to communicate that to them in a way that is fruitful and positive. My favorites, obviously, are walking, sometimes without music, sometimes just listening to nature, right? I was door knocking for the first time in real estate two weeks ago. And if you don't know what door knocking is, it's when you go around and you knock on your neighbor's doors with my, in the neighborhood of my new listing. And I was scared, right? But it felt so good and so peaceful just getting some light exercise and walking around the neighborhood to really indulge in all that nature has to offer. I mean, nature itself is so stimulating. And I think that we often forget that because we're surrounded by it. And it's it's easy to get complacent in terms of what nature has to offer. But take advantage of it. It's a free resource. And I guarantee it will positively affect your mental health if you are open minded to that something as simple and you don't have to be alone i had such a great time the other day just sitting on some stools with the sun out talking to my significant other about you know random stuff just having that sunshine on my face and you know radiating in my body obviously with sunscreen just did something to my psyche to make me have a uplifted spirit for the re remainder of the day what else skincare so my skincare routine in the morning is never changing. Those 10 or 15 minutes, even if I'm running behind, which is rare, but that is the time that I take to really devote to myself and my self-care. And I know that for some people who are giving, right, so giving, that it's going to feel selfish when you first embark on this journey. But understand, you cannot fill other people's cups if yours is not even full. Why have we, especially as women, society as a whole, but women in particular, been conditioned to believe that taking care of ourselves and putting ourselves first in any capacity is selfish? As if we, if, as if when we aren't constantly self-sacrificing, we're somehow not as worthy of womanhood. Deeper conversations to be had. And these are topics I definitely want to delve into further along in my podcast. But it is something to talk about. It's not right and it's not fair. And I do think society is changing, but I think the current feminism that is on brand is disregarding women's femininity 
and it's going against their essence as a woman and now i'm not saying okay the essence of a woman is to be in the house or anything like that but i am saying the essence of a woman is to live a soft life and connect with nature and be provided for so she can really give to her family as needed and she can grow boss if she wants to but that should be an option and not a necessity who even designed this brand of feminism where we have to 40-hour work weeks and trying to raise a family and trying to take care of yourself all while gaining no weight and having perfect skin who designed this brand of feminism because it seems more oppressive than the alternative i honestly feel like this current brand of feminism is kind of dividing women because when i tell women that oh yeah i don't mind being a stay-at-home mom i don't mind being a stay-at-home wife some women will come at me and be like what is wrong with you you're giving into the patriarchy and it's like no i am just really in touch with my essence as a woman and i don't feel less equal to my husband if i'm doing work in the home and i don't understand that like i don't have a desire to work for the rest of my life some men do some men that i'm close to do but i plan on calibrating my finances in a way that when I do have kids I can be home for them because that itself is one of the most important jobs and some women you know they go crazy they're not satisfied and that's okay that's for them but I'm just sick of hiding this part of myself from the world you know and how does this relate back to boundary setting you know we have to understand that living a soft life that's trending right now and you know putting yourself first is beautiful thing it doesn't have to be this negative thing there's a balance to be had i firmly believe that every woman should be able to start a business without her father's signature and, I, and i'm very much you know um pro-choice for my own personal reasons but i think this brand of feminism is a scam i think it wants women to give up all their feminine attributes and simply take on the masculine roles and reverse them completely to where we have stay-at-home husbands and stay-at-home wives and another reason why i believe that you know i'm a part of the kombahi river collective mindset if you don't know what this is it's black intersectional feminism because for a long time and i think it's currently happening with the mainstream feminism that is being portrayed women of color and trans women have been ostracized from the movement itself so my problems don't just stem from the fact of the feminism from the mindset of the feminism brand it's also the exclusionary practices it, it runs deep we literally as black women and minorities had to create our own brand of feminism because the white brand of feminism did not want to include us so i would do another episode on my issues with you know feminism and blm and a plethora of other things and why i feel like they're they're is a better way to conquer these issues and actually initiate real change but this all ties into boundaries because i don't think that you should be categorized as someone who is against feminism if you decide that you want to live a soft life and you decide to you know put yourself first as a woman and want to be provided for it's not illegal to want to be provided for it's not illegal to want to be taken care of right she's taken care of by the man or the um masculine dominant partner depending on how you identify and she stays home doing the work of raising the kids i mean this model does work you guys 
if you look at divorce rates, right, I learned this from a sermon a while ago and I did some research on it to back it up. The majority of divorces are from financial stress. It's not infidelity. It's not incompatibility. So when a lot of feminists try to make the argument that, oh, well, look at all the divorces. It's because women don't get to do what they want in life. No, it's because we live in an economy that is built on the model of capitalism eating its own children. And we don't have the infrastructure in place to really allow people to have a good quality of life. And of course, I firmly believe that you can succeed in this country. But should it be this difficult? I don't think it should be this difficult, especially when people are putting themselves first and in, 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 in putting themselves through college and, you know, trying to actively get ahead. I don't think it should be that hard. So what does that mean? That means that if the majority of divorces are from financial stress, we have to analyze that, right? What is the purpose of that? It's not incompatibility. It's not, you know, a difference of opinion. It's financial stress. So is it the domestic model where the woman stays at home and the man works that is the detriment of modern society's relationships? I'd argue not. I'd make the argument no. Because does that directly relate to financial stress? No. So, you know, there's a deeper discussion to be had. But I I do think boundary setting is ultimately tied up into what expectations are placed on people as a whole let me know if you guys want me to dive further into this topic i know i kind of was a little bit all over the place but i really had this on my heart to share with you guys and i really appreciate you tuning in definitely tune in next week on self-care your way to success to self-care your way to success and let me know if you enjoyed make sure to share like subscribe comment and if you want to be on shoot me an email i would love to host you doesn't matter what your opinion is, doesn't matter where you come from, everyone deserves a voice. Have a beautiful, amazing, positive day. Bye.